Dolphins and Atlanta Falcons have concluded two days of joint practices and ahead of tomorrow's preseason game, we're recapping the storylines out of the second of those two practices together in Miami Gardens. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis because we don't just say we live it. It is your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So the Dolphins had a second joint practice with the Falcons yesterday. And if you're going to evaluate how things went, I think the appropriate place to start is again with the 11-on-11 periods. You know, there's pass rush 101s, there's wide receiver DB 101s. All of those kind of isolated uh, player reps, uh, it's, it's helpful, but it's not as helpful as 11-on-11. Uh, and, and the Dolphins' defense, uh, by multiple people that I had touched base with over the course of the afternoon yesterday, uh, in the 11-on-11 periods, was very effective uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, there was only a handful of first downs uh, for the Falcons in the 11-on-11 period. So to hear that the the Dolphins had a, another strong uh, performance defensively against Atlanta um, with the questions that Atlanta proposes as a football team with their size at the skill position, and the quality of the offensive line, this being uh, the way that Locked On NFL Scouting had graded it, me and Joe Marino, is the top six offensive line in football. And to know that you get into these game situations where at the end of practice, the Falcons have to go down the field in a two-minute offense situation, and there's a completion, and then Jalen Phillips gets a sack, and then Bradley Trubb calls a holding penalty, like that kind of pass rush will close a, f- a football game for you. And I know Travis Wingfield, former host of Locked On Dolphins, now currently with the team, uh, alluded to that as well. But like that's exactly what you were hoping to see. Now, what you weren't hoping to see was some bumps and bruises and some dings uh, that the Dolphins had to deal with throughout the course of the day uh, yesterday. Jalen Waddell being first and foremost uh, at the top of that list. Uh, made a catch, went to the ground, kind of got up gingerly, holding his side, went back to the locker room before the end of practice. Uh, it sounds like from everything that I have heard that that is nothing to worry about. So a collective exhale from this group. And if it was something serious or more serious, odds are the big wigs up on the major networks would have caught wind of something and you would have caught a report of some kind of uh, medical test or examination over the course of the last 12 hours or so anyway. Now, I did touch base and reach out to a couple of people and then have seen a couple other folks who cover the team kind of corroborate uh, that the uh, indication there is that that's nothing major. Uh, so that's good news. Alec Ingold uh, also left practice 
early. I don't have any news there, uh, but it did not sound like it was anything serious. There was no appearances of the cart at practice yesterday, the dreaded cart. Although Braylon Sanders uh, took the cart after two, during Tuesday's practice. And this is why you always wait for that information to come out because it came out from Mike McDaniel in the pre-practice press conference availability that Braylon Sanders avoided structural damage in his leg. And he's going to require a little bit of time to rest up and heal. But the hope is in the next week or so, he can be back in action for the Dolphins. So I think that's great news for Braylon Sanders as a guy who's obviously in a dogfight for a spot in this wide receiver room. Uh, made some co positive contributions to the team last year. I think he is on the roster bubble. I think he's going to need a really strong close to camp to get onto the 53. Um but it was great news to hear that that he avoided major injury. Somebody else who who got kind of dinged up was Justin Bethel, made a leaping interception uh, in a team drill uh, in 11-on-11. And in that play going to the ground, he also kind of got shook up a little bit. So there's a couple of players uh, for the Dolphins who kind of just got jostled up yesterday. It's kind of the nature of the game, right? It's a physical game. It uh, doesn't sound like there's anything severe or significant or worrisome for any of those guys. And if they need to not play in the preseason game, I can't expect you were going to see a ton of Jalen Waddle anyway. Now, there is the question of how much we do see of what starters uh, in the playoff in the preseason game. Excuse me, playoffs, man. I'm going to knock on wood on that one. Um, I, I think you will see some. Because the Dolphins' offense did not necessarily uh, fire on all cylinders for all of practice. What I liked most about what the Dolphins did uh, was their best period yesterday was the red zone stuff, and that was arguably their worst period of the first day of practice between the two teams. So for them to come out, and when the field gets condensed and things get tighter, to be able to come out and execute in the red zone after having a hard time doing that, I think that's a nice adjustment for this football team and a needed adjustment for this football team. It's where you saw uh, Mike White rip an absolute laser spot throw uh, to Robbie Chosen. It's where you saw uh, Julian Hill catch a touchdown uh, from Tuatonga Valoa as well. So uh, I, I think the offensive performance for the Dolphins in yesterday's practice, you're looking for the silver linings amidst the news of Ingold gets shaken up, Waddle gets shaken up, and it's the area that they were worst at uh, on Tuesday. They bounced back, and it was one of their better sessions on Wednesday. And also the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line kind of got – punched in the mouth in certain phases of the Tuesday practice, and they came back and represented themselves well. And that's what we're going to talk about next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Before we do, August is here, as you know what that means. It is the official start of fantasy football draft month. My draft for my hometown league is at the end of the month, uh, the last Friday of the month of August, and I am going to be getting championship ready, and you can get championship ready as well by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup for you each and every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It is the largest fantasy football contest of all time, or as Schwarzenegger would say, of all times. Back and bigger than ever with $15 million in prizes this year. 
including a $3 million grand prize for the winner. The winner of last year's tournament drafted their team in July, so don't wait. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. So the offensive line, we, we had reinforcements come on Wednesday. I think that's the first place that, that my, my mind goes. And that, of course, on yesterday's practice when we or yesterday's show when we talked about the Tuesday practice was, well, Toronto Armstead didn't participate in the team drills. They're, they're experimenting at left guard. It's making evaluation really challenging right now because of all the moving parts. But I think you saw some glimpses on Wednesday of the attitude adjustment that this offensive line is capable of. And it, it, it trickled all the way down to the pass rush one on ones. Everybody who was in attendance, and in addition, the handful of people that I reached out to, and it's the same folks that I talked to after Tuesday's practice, uh, alluded to there was a different level of intensity and physicality for the Dolphins' offensive line from the jump in the very first session. They took Tuesday personally, and they should have because they underachieved on Tuesday. They underperformed on Tuesday, and you can't have it. Now, as much as we want to think that everybody's going to be firing on all cylinders every single day of the week for nine months, there is a human element to the game of football. I get it. I don't know if the Dolphins were drinking their own Kool-Aid or what, but they kind of got punked on Tuesday. They fought back. And Bradley Chubb alluded to, you know, this entire team fighting back and standing up for each other. Uh, it's the kind of paraphrasing what he said at the end of the practice on Wednesday. But Tron Armstead back. And uh, I think the adjustment that you can see on some of the clips that's coming out through social media via either the highlights of what the team has put out or alternative collections of videos, if you catch my drift, um, that left guard spot, I think 74's days are numbered. Um, I think they're numbered at best for him, and they might be over already at worst for him uh, because there is a player who is getting run in that spot who it's not a coincidence that we he has been in there. You have gotten movement in the run game, and it's Isaiah Wynn, and this was kind of what we anticipated uh, when the Dolphins signed Isaiah Wynn, and, and I kind of went on the record when Win, get it? Win, 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 signed. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dad joke. It's early. Um, win, win, <laughs> that um, he would be the fourth best starting offensive lineman available to the Dolphins. Tron Armstead, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt. I don't really care that Connor Williams got put on his butt one day on Tuesday, no matter what at NFL notify would tell you as far as the abysmal performance of the offensive line. And uh, Connor Williams is underachieved and like, Oh, okay. And it's the same account that said that the Dolphins organization is getting sick and tired of Mike McDaniel. Cause he takes too long to talk. Uh, the aggregate accounts right now on social are just insufferable. Um, but when, and his presence on the interior, I think his build probably lends itself more favorably there. And look, Isaiah Wynn hadn't played guard since Georgia. But 
between Teron Armstead and Connor Williams, things happen faster inside. I think that's still what Liam Eichenberg is is struggling with the most. Isaiah Wynn has lived in both of those worlds. He has lived in the world in which things happen fast on the inside. But he has a better anchor. He's heavier. He's denser. So he holds ground better against power. But he's also used to living in a world where I have to operate in space. You take away the space element of him being an offensive tackle. And it becomes much more of your density, your anchor, your ability to create positive momentum at the point of attack. And I don't think it's close. And we are another week into training camp at this point. We're, what, two weeks into camp. And Liam got a lot of the run, but you're seeing the same mistakes, or at least I saw the same mistakes when I was out at camp that you saw throughout the course of his film last year. Um, And if you want to get on the soapbox and talk about the opportunity cost and the missed opportunity of that draft pick, I get it. Yeah, it's not a good draft pick. But that's also not really important right now, so long as you find somebody who steps into that spot that you feel like can be a competent starter at worst. And it feels like the Dolphins have found that because they have found chunk runs off the left-hand side in team drills with another player in there that is not the player that was penciled in during the offseason as the starter. So. That momentum, I think it's not going to stop. I think it's only going to continue to compound. And the question is, how long do they stick with Liam to try to give him the chance to develop? But at the same time, this is not a team that can afford to just sit around and wait for the light bulb to come on. And I don't think that they will. And I'm highly encouraged by his development. Look, bringing back Kendall Lamb, bringing in Isaiah Wynn, Signing Dan Feeney, I feel really good about a lot of the depth that you have here. Now, your right tackle spot's another conversation, and I don't think that's a slam dunk walk in the park home run right now either. But at the very least, if you can whittle your attention from two spots, one on each side of the line, to now just having one spot, I think that's a major win. And win. I just see this as kind of the the tipping point. We I think we've reached the tipping point in competitive settings against another football team. Now, with that said, would I be surprised if Liam Eikenberg is the starting left guard during tomorrow's preseason game? No. I also wouldn't be surprised if he played a half of football or more. He needs the reps. And whatever those reps provide you, it's it's probably going to dictate what the next week looks like. Oh, they're they're taking Mike McDaniel's been pretty clear all throughout the uh, off season uh, that you don't begin with the end in mind and you let players earn opportunities. And he was asked specifically about that spot and kind of alluded to as such himself. But if you're looking at what is being earned on the field, there is significant momentum right now for somebody not being 74 in the starting lineup for the Dolphins, and and that. Uh, performance was indicated also by all of the beat reporters in attendance at yesterday's practice who kind of, I think it was Marcel from ESPN, Marcel Louis Jacques, who came out and and even was like, dude, the, the offensive line really picked it up except for 74. <laughs> 
So um, that is the storyline right now that I am most dialed in on. I, I think the right tackle situation, you have a little bit less traction towards anything significant happening, even though Austin Jackson is still up and down at times. Uh, I will go into this season uh, very firmly believing that your best combination of five with what you have right now is probably Teron Armstead, Isaiah Wynn, Connor Williams, Robert Jones, and then Robert Hunt at right tackle. I know they don't want to do that. But if you had to ask me, that's that'd be my selection right now. Um, I don't think they're going to move Robert Hunt off of right guard. Should they? That's another conversation for another day. But at the very least, we have significant momentum and traction happening at the left guard spot for the Dolphins. And I think the competitive practices against Atlanta with Grady Jarrett and David Onyemeta, I think that's only going to further um, accelerate whatever decision-making process that is going to look like for the Dolphins. Uh, we're going to talk about the red zone work for the Dolphins here to bring this episode of Locked On Dolphins to a close. So we kind of alluded to already uh, the momentum of from Tuesday to Wednesday practice. And I think that's it, it's significant for a number of reasons. Uh, it's also significant when you think about what Tua Tungvaloa said after practice. And he met with the media and they asked him about the performance and he kind of alluded to, look, we didn't really watch any tape on what they were going to run. So we come out and then we figure out what they're going to run. And you make some adjustments, but then you still want to try some things. And then you get into the preseason game and you just have to ask yourself, like, do we want to try that again or not? And that idea, I think you saw kind of pollinated across several spots of practice yesterday where the. Uh, concept, it was communicated both on social media and to me that the, the concept that uh, Tua ran in the two-minute offense situation at the end of practice yesterday where he threw an interception to Jalen Hawkins, they put the ball at the uh, 35, their own 35 with like 45 seconds left and had to try to drive down the field. They had incomplete passes on first and second downs, third and 10. Tua throws to a spot and it's intercepted. So it's like, okay, like there's probably 36 seconds left in, in the game situation. It's third and 10. You kind of need to move the ball. You're thrown to a spot. Was there a miscommunication here with the receiver? It's neither here nor there. It was a similar looking concept to what the Dolphins threw an interception in practice in on Tuesday. So it's like, okay, like they're, they're really committed to trying this concept, whatever it may be. But then you get the red zone work where the execution, it's really execution in tight spaces. And you saw the improvement there. I think that's great. I also think you also saw, especially one of the one seven on seven periods, you saw a peak of the reds of some red zone stuff that I'm really excited uh, to see the Dolphins kind of pursue this season because I think they have the personnel to really make it click. Uh, Raheem Mostert did not practice yesterday. He was given a day off. Jeff Wilson practiced. He also kind of left practice early. That also didn't sound like it was anything serious. But they had Savan Ahmed and Jeff Wilson lined up together in the backfield 
for it looked like 21 personnel. So two backs, but like not a full back, two running backs in the backfield. And they took one of these backs in shotgun and a back on either side. And they motioned him across behind the quarterback and to the same side as the other running back with speed. And that play really stood out to me because you're using fast motion from the backfield, which is going to influence the linebackers. But then you also still have another running back in the backfield. So all of that communication between that safety, that backside linebacker, that frontside linebacker, that nickel, who is either out over top of a tight end or out over top of a wide receiver, like that fast motion changes those numbers in a big way where, where he's technically there. There's motion with a third or fourth eligible that is coming into the passing strength. And it, it impacts the communication of so many players. And you saw a breakdown where Robbie chosen breaks in after both running backs break out and he sits down over top of the ball, but the linebackers have been pulled apart because of the backfield motion and the presence of another back in the backfield and the ball was put on Robbie, and they, they scored on that red zone play. Those kinds of concepts, with the talent the Dolphins do have with Raheem Mostert, with Devon A-Chain, if you go out and you bring in Dalvin Cook, like all of that adding up together is a layer that I didn't think we saw much of at all last year, but I think could be weaponized, especially with the wide receiver talent of uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, to really create some spacing and communication headaches with speed. So that was the one thing in the red zone periods that I did get a chance to see the reps of that stood out to me as something that was a needle mover for me. That's like, oh, give, give me more of that this year. Let's see what that looks like. That was it. Hope you guys enjoyed this insight into yesterday's Miami Dolphins practice against the Atlanta Falcons. We will be back again tomorrow with another update ahead of the preseason game. I will be dropping a show on Saturday reacting to the preseason game. I will also be on the Bleacher Report app in the Dolphins team stream immediately after the preseason game on Friday night, uh, talking about my immediate reactions after the game. And that will be a live stream in the Bleacher Report app. You follow the Dolphins, and then it's kind of like a social media timeline that will update and I will be on there in the immediate aftermath of the game on Friday night. So I hope to see you there. Hope to see you tomorrow for Locked on Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Fins up. Make it a great rest of your day. And I'll be back again to talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace.